a while back, um, almost well over over three over two years. Yeah, over two years. and uh, you're continuing her legacy. Tell us more about her than what I just read. Uh, yeah, when Angela was diagnosed in in September of seventeen, and we started, she started uh, a caring bridge site. Actually, a friend of hers started this caring bridge site so she could give updates on you know what she was going through and and just the treatments, and it ultimately became a kind of a an outlet for her to give her perspective and what she thought and how she felt and her faith and just life in general. And again, when she, she died in February of 2021, I remember I've never felt God's presence. I've never heard his voice, but it was just impressed on me that serve God and honor your wife mm-hmm. and the life that you built. Didn't know what that meant at the time. Quite honestly, still don't know what that means. But as God has opened doors, I continue to go through them. Second time being on on your radio show. Never envisioned myself being on a radio. Uh, her her Caring Bridge site we turned into a book, which I think at the time we we talked back in December of 2021, it was a project and ultimately uh, came out. That's the second edition of the book. The book any sales of the book. Uh, goes to her scholarship fund. Her scholarship fund now has over raised over one hundred eighty thousand uh, dollars. The first student has been uh, benefited from that. The second student will try to find a second student uh, this th- over the summer. And never would have guessed in a million years that out of out of all this, I would end up co-writing a song and having it recorded, um, all just for the love of my my beautiful wife, Angela. Mm-hmm. That is so nice. You mentioned $180,000 having been raised. A couple of events in February of last year and this year. Uh, tell us about those events. Was it a physical event where people got together and a fundraiser? Or what did you do exactly do? Yes. When, actually, it was Olivia, uh, as, as a matter of fact. Yeah. She and I were talking at my mother-in-law's house right around my anniversary, first anniversary without Angela was in, in December, early December of 2021, and didn't really know what to do. And kind of the idea came up of having a kind of a celebration of life because at the funeral, I really don't remember the funeral. I don't know my kids remember the funeral. So we decided to have a fundraising event and a celebration of life for her scholarship fund. We did that at Lakewood Country Club in February of 2022. Uh, had the book, the first edition of the book had just been finished, and we decided let's let's make that kind of a focal point, a release of the book, a fundraising effort, and we did that in February of 2022. Raised just a little over fifty thousand dollars, and then did something similarly in February of 23 this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, no idea that this would ever happen, but the song that co-wrote and then recorded, had recorded professionally, um, we released the song and and played the song at that event as a fundraising event and raised another $60,000. So, Do the song. Yeah, well, no, Uh, just at the the event at at Lakewood. So the song is called Why I Love You. 
And it says Mendoza and Emmeline. Yeah. Is uh, Emmeline is the also singing in the song? Or uh, well, I don't sing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't okay, sing. Emmeline sings it. You wrote yeah, yeah. it. Emmeline, yeah. Emmeline sings oh. it. Uh, so Emmeline came into our lives in in January of 2016. My wife got my daughter, my youngest daughter, a guitar for Christmas, and she didn't ask for. It. I found out since then she didn't ask for the guitar, but she got the guitar. And asked Megan or asked Mallory if she wanted to learn guitar, and she said sure. And so I popped off and said, "Well, would you like me to take guitar lessons with you?" And assumed she would say no, and she didn't. She said yes. So we started taking guitar lessons. Well, Emmeline comes to our comes to our house. So this all started. She was introduced into our life before before Angela died, before she was even diagnosed. Mm. So she got to know our family, our family dynamics, and so she knew she knew Angela, and. Over the the subsequent years, at, through the diagnosis, and then after Angela died, Emmeline became a real rock for me as as far as kind of guitar lessons slash, slash mm-hmm. therapy. And I asked her if she knew of somebody that might write a song out of the book because the book is so inspiring to me. And she smiled at me and she said, "Yes, of course." You will. <laughs> and Be careful what you ask I, yeah, for, right? And I am not. I am not a songwriter. Although she says, if you've done it once, you're now a songwriter. Uh, but we co-wrote a song just out of out of my heart. I assumed it would be a, a sad song um, because of the grief that I was in and the grief that I was having. And what it turned out to be was a love song for my wife. And when we got it written, and then we just did a scratch recording, her playing on the guitar. Uh, it was beautiful, and I asked her, can I get this recorded? And so she set everything up. We got musicians in, and we recorded it in in February of 23. Yeah, just, just in time for the event, hmm. the song was released, and it can be downloaded on 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 Apple iTunes and, yeah. and do you have any of the the lyrics in your head or anything? You know, could you summarize it or what it's about or yeah. do you have any any lines from the song? Sure. Come um, the really the core of the song became why I love you. I remember Angela occasionally would ask me, you know, why do you love me? And I would. You know, invariably, this was at night. I was trying to go to sleep. She would ask I, you that. Yeah, she would yeah. ask me that. Just those things, like you know, I would ask her sometimes over thirty years. You know, why do you even love me? And mm-hmm. you know, she would ask me the question. And sometimes I would give a little bit of a thoughtful answer. And most of the times, I would just say, "I just do." And when she passed away, and and what the song ultimately came, what came out of 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 the grief was. I truly love my wife beyond anything that I ever could have imagined. And the fact that she had passed away did not change that at all. And so what the song ended up becoming was me thanking her mm-hmm. for all the things that, uh, that she, or not all the things, but for the things that, that came out as we were writing. And I just thanked her for her, for her faith, for bringing us joy, for her her fighting spirit mm-hmm. and the the real the gist of the song for me was one of the lines is you always ask me why i love you i just did yeah yeah right you can't can't put your finger on it it's you, you love so her when, when she asked i just yeah. said i just do but this gave me a it became a way to for me to really articulate 
while. Yeah, you know, my you, you were married to Angela for thirty years. Mm-hmm. My wife and I are approaching our thirtieth. I'm sorry, our twentieth anniversary. And you know, it's it's been a, a it's been a roller coaster. I mean, there have been times when. You know, we always said, "Hey, we're we're not going to ever divorce," and you know yeah. that's not an option. But we're going to stay together. But there've been times that it's like, I mean, what, I, you know, and you don't have to go into a lot of details, but uh, you, you know, the, 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 throughout those thirty years, I'm sure ups and downs, and Absolutely. it wasn't just this perfect marriage the the whole time. But sometimes we learn from the the the, the bad times, don't yeah, we? Yeah, no, no fairy tale. We were we were very young when we got married. We got married in our early twenties. We had children. Shortly after we were married, and yeah, of course, I'm doing starting a career. She's got a career. We've got kids, and yeah, there were many times when you just think there's no way we're going to survive. Yeah, and just over the years, you kind of start to realize you wake up every day and you just recommit yourself to your wife. And yeah, there were there were many times when she said, "I've had it. I can't take it anymore." Or I would say that it wasn't a fairy tale. But what I tell my kids and what I've the, the times I talk to, especially young people that are married, just if you want to get to where we were, you have to stay together through the hard times, and you mm-hmm. can always have a reason to leave. You can yeah. always have that reason. But if you really want to get to a to the depth of love, you just have to commit and let yourself go. And over the last, say, 10 years of our marriage— uh, we just fell more in love and deeper and let go and and life's challenges we were like we're just we're not going to separate we're not going to divorce that's never going to happen and so that's that's ultimately we got to where i never would have dreamed that we would get Mm-hmm. Uh, how, you know, I know the, the, the death on February 7th of 2021 didn't come as a huge surprise because she had been suffering for, you know, three and a half years. And, but what, how, how, how did, was that for you? And how far is it for the kids to finally have to come to the realization that she was gone? I would like to be able to say that the three years that she did, we did so much living while she was dying prepared us for her death, but it didn't at all. Once she was gone, the last three weeks of her life, I mean, she she suffered a lot over the years, but we lived a lot over the years. The last three weeks, the last couple of weeks, she was bedbound. But when she died, uh, of course, the shock for a little bit, but then just devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned a lot about grief. And, you know, one of the things that I've I've really committed to is, helping people where I can just through grief. I'm not an expert. I just know what I've been through. Mm-hmm. And, and and with the, the kids, very similarly, it was very difficult. She was a bright, shining star, just a, a bubble of life and leaves a, a big void in her life. But yeah. She showed us how to live and live with, with pain and live with an outcome that you don't want with grace and faith. And that is a pattern that we keep to this very day. Tell me, I have in my hand uh, the journey of faith that she left, and it looks like it's uh, brief excerpts with the date on it that she wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm presuming entirely during the time that after the diagnosis up until her death. Uh, tell us about the, this, the content of these, or generally speaking, what kind of things did she write about? Oh, just you name it. Any, anything that, that came to her mind, there was like, how 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 doctor's appointment was going and like her her goal in life was to make her doctor laugh and she would make her doctor laugh and 
and she would talk about, you know, Christmas and the perspective of holidays and spending time with family and what was really important and, and you know, love. And it's just the, her posts, if you read almost any one of them, you laugh and you cry and you hurt and you smile. And her perspective, and I actually, I, I still go to the, to the cemetery with fresh flowers on a weekly basis, and I always read one of her posts. And here I am over two years later, and the wisdom and the faith that I get from the book that helps me move forward, uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Simply amazing. And uh, you, you gave me two of these. I'd love to keep one myself. Uh, I'm wondering if we might be able to bless a listener with one of these, somebody who's listening right now. If they email me, can I Absolutely. give them the Absolutely. other one? Um, okay, so uh, just Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. We'll arrange, you either come to our studio or I'll mail it to you, depending on where you where you are. But it's called uh, Dear Family, Dear Friends and Family, A Journey of Faith, Angela Wheatley Mendoza. And I was just kind of flipping through, and it, 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 they look really interesting. Like you say, funny, oh, and and I'm sure it's it's such a beautiful keepsake for you and your three children to be mm-hmm. able to read her own words uh, in this. Let's go back to, and by the way, if you're just joining us, uh, this is the interview of the week. Tony Mendoza um, is on with me for the second time. We spoke back in December of 21 about his late wife, Angela Mendoza, who passed away of colon cancer on February 7th of 2021. And since then, he's had fundraising events. There's a scholarship, a song, a lot going on. And um, you, 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 there, there's a student that has already benefited from mm-hmm. the scholarship, a, a student at Bishop Lynch. And you said this summer you're going to choose another student. Uh, how? What else should our listeners know? Can they apply? How? Are you, what's the decision process for that? Yeah, the, the beauty of the scholarship, it, it came while I served on the board at, at Bishop Lynch, that students, uh, more than 50% of the parochial students, don't even apply for a, a Catholic high school education. And when Angela died and we had the scholarship fund, wanted to see if we could find a way to reach out and find a student who wasn't going to apply, who wasn't considering Bishop Lynch, the family. Because they can't knew. afford it's it, just, right? It's just yeah. too much money. Yeah. And so working with the school agreed that they would work with the, the priests and the, and the presidents of the, of the parochial schools to find a family, find a student who this is a this is a a quality kid that would benefit from this an education, and so it, it does it doesn't come from application; it comes mm-hmm. from you know a priest or a principal getting with you know Chris Rebuck at Bishop Lynch and saying I, I got the perfect kid for this, yeah, and we really want to benefit uh, some students that. Otherwise, they just wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's listening right now saying, hey, that's, that's my kid. We can't afford Bishop Lynch, and can, can they contact you and apply? Absolutely. I, and I'll, I'll, I'll pass along the information to, to Chris and the, and the school because I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't involved in it. But I, I do want to make sure that, that there, there are plenty of, of, of families in the diocese that, that would benefit from this. And so we've got a you know, the scholarship fund is set up, and you can donate at uh, www.bishoplynch.org slash blessingsangela and know that all the funds will go to help students for this for this cause. And if you want to buy a book, you can – all the proceeds from the sales of the book, Bishop Lynch actually is distributing the book for me. But uh, www.bishoplynch.org slash family. Uh, again, and all, all the funds, I don't – I don't keep anything. My family doesn't keep anything. It's all about her legacy and 
and helping students for a quality education. Did she know before she passed away that you were going to do the scholarship fund? Did you talk to her about this, or did this all come after her, and you were inspired after her death, right? Yeah, this all happened, and I, again, I just look back, and I remember just to serve God and, and honor my wife and the life we built and just continue to go through doors as they open. Mm-hmm. Any other doors you foresee opening? Anything <laughs> different? Uh, you, got a, you got a song, you got a scholarship fund, uh, uh, you, got, you got the book, uh, anything else? Emmeline, Fe- feature film? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Emmeline tells me that there's, there's bound to be another song just from all the, the, the love and the passion that Angela and I shared. So potentially another song. Uh, what, I, what I feel called at this point is really about uh, grief and grief work. Mm-hmm. It's been, you know, this is one of those things that I had always been able to overcome everything and just, you know, chin up and, and I'll be okay. And with this, God put me on my knees. Yeah. And the, the pain and the hurt was insurmountable. Yeah. Still is to this day, but that's okay. And what I'm ready, willing, and able to do if God opens that door. Um, I've been told by my therapist, I'm in a living with loss group that meets every other week, that it is unusual for a man to be as open and vulnerable as I am. And when I'm told, you're very brave to do that, I just laugh. I'm like, there's no bravery to it. This was, mm-hmm. this was something I couldn't overcome on my own. And I know that profound loss will probably impact us all at some point in our lives. Um, God can, can use whatever happens in our life for his good and his glory. And if there's anything that opens up along that, that path, if that's, if that's his plan, then if when he opens mm-hmm. the door, I will follow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering if, you know, I'm just, Kind of thinking out loud here, but uh, maybe a, a book by you. You know, there, you haven't written a book. You wrote a song, and uh, like you say, everybody's going to deal with grief at some point. Mm-hmm. It may not be the the loss of a spouse. It might be the loss of a child or a mm-hmm. loss of you know, either their, your health or you know. There's always something. So, anyways, just uh, put that in the suggestion box, yeah, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and um, the, the, now, as far as the journey of faith, you say that the people can go to the bishoplynch.org slash blessings Angela. Blessings Angela is the for the scholarship to make a donation, and then if you want to get a book, you can go to dear friends and family. And in the back of the book, there's what's called Angela's Prayer. I want to read this. Mm. It's very brief. And then if you could give us the background to this, it says, So, Lord, thank you for taking me through this journey. Grant me strength as I go through each day. Grant me a cheerful spirit and give me courage to do whatever needs to be done. Those are her words, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she wrote that herself? Yeah. She always told me from her Caringbridge post that... <laughs> She she might have plagiarized some because she never planned she never claimed to write everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so whether she wrote it herself or saw it and and wrote it in the in the book, I'm not positive. I've not seen it anywhere else. But yeah. what again? As I reread through her posts, so she was diagnosed with a devastating diagnosis in September of 2017, and this is October 18, 2017. So. A month later, her first chemo treatments were horrible. Um, they were, it was just awful. And 
when I read back through this and realized this is a month into her diagnosis, she had no idea that she would really go through three years and, and be this example of faith and grace. 30, day, 30 days in, we weren't sure if she was going to live for six months. Mm-hmm. And I found this prayer, and I actually put it on this, this, uh, this bookmark. And I, I was just stunned by, from day one, her faith and grace and acceptance of God shines through. Yeah. Well, beautiful story. Thank you for coming back. We're out of time. I uh, just want to direct people to the, um, the, the website here, bishoplynch.org slash blessings, plural, blessings, Angela. The book is called A Journey of Faith. Uh, Angela Wheatley Mendoza. I also can't help but think, you know, the last the last full year of her life was the COVID year. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow that that in that, that's probably a whole another can of worms <laughs> that we could talk about. But that's uh, that was a tough year for all of us. Yeah, uh, whether it was. but to have a, an illness like this must have made it even more challenging for the family as well. It was and uh, yeah, just go to that website and uh, you could donate. You can buy the book. You can I'm sure get the song uh, and find out more about uh, the beautiful life and and death of Angela Mendoza. Uh, bishoplynch.org slash blessings, Angela, and also about the scholarship fund as well. And perhaps there'll be another event in February of 2024 that people can go to as well. Tony, thank you so much. Uh, stay in touch and maybe we'll do this again in six months or a year and when the feature film comes out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Thanks also to Diane Xavier for running the board. Thank you for listening. And, uh, Olivia Franklin, as of this moment, doesn't even know we're doing the second interview, <laughs> but she'll be listening to this. So thank you to her. She's, she's an amazing woman. And I appreciate people like Olivia, people like Tony who reach out to me and say, Hey, I've got a great story, a great, uh, interview idea and let's do it. And, um, if it's local and Catholic, the answer is always yes. So email me with suggestions. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend. We all must be prepared to meet women facing unexpected pregnancies with news of life-affirming options. Whether we pray at abortion or abortion referral facilities, serve at pregnancy centers, or just happen to cross paths with mothers in need, learn how you can help others choose life. At the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference on October 6th through 8th in Dallas, top leaders will tackle the new frontiers of pro-life outreach to transform America from post-row to abortion-free. Visit ProLifeConference.com for tickets today. Hello, I am Wesley Stepish, a member of Mother Day Parish in Irving, a sponsor here at the Catholic Radio. I am owner of Absolute Painting. We serve customers on residential home improvement projects. We provide full remodeling services, preparing homes for sale to get the most benefits for the homeowners with the pay at the closing option. You can find us at AbsolutePTG.com. That's AbsolutePTG.com or by phone or text 972 972- 375-5100-972-375-5100. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. I'm Dave Palmer, the host of this program. It is a delight to host this program because I get to meet so many wonderful people and learn a lot about my Catholic faith. Diane Xavier is running the board. She's been doing this for lots of years. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of these Diane has produced, so we're very grateful for her as well. And I uh, got a very timely topic today because uh, a week from tomorrow is going to be fine.
Father's Day, Sunday, June 18th. And we all have a father, a father either uh, alive or not. Many of us are fathers are ourselves, like I am, and my, my guest who I'm about to do, introduce you to is. And so it's a good time to reflect on fatherhood in light of our Catholic faith and also perhaps uh, get a book that talks about the incredible power of a dad's love. And that is the title of a book that we're going to talk about. The author is Valentine Simo, who I have interviewed before. You might remember, uh, gosh, a month ago or so, we featured Valentine and some of the other books that he has written. I'll give you a little bit of bio about him, and then we'll bring him into the conversation. He is a cradle Catholic, and uh, he is also a parishioner at St. Matthew's Parish in Arlington, and the father of seven children, ranging from 17 to 9 years old. And he, he is here to talk about this book, The Incredible Power of a Dad's Love. Hi, Valentine. Good to, good to talk with you again. Hi, Dave. Nice having me. Nice talking to you always. Yeah, so uh, a couple of just kind of curiosity questions about you, if I may, before we get into this book. The, your name, of course, everybody thinks February 14th, St. Valentine, love, hearts, candy, chocolate, wine. <laughs> how, did, how did you get that name, Valentine? Well, I, I, I was my mom's Valentine. Oh, okay. And she, she gave me the name. I wasn't born on 14th of February. But, but guess what, though? You know, as God does his miracle, you know, my son was born on 14th of February. Mm. <laughs> so I had the name just because my mom loved giving me the name because of the love she had for me. But when I had my own children, God gave me one on that day, and he's also named Valentine. Oh, <laughs> that's very fitting, right? And uh, tell us about your travel from Cameroon to the United States in 1989. Of course, you've been in the U.S. for a long time now. Well, why did you make that change? What brought you to the U.S.? Well, I, I came to the U.S. I, you know, I graduated high school in Cameroon. You know, you know, I was all, you know, always, always wanted to study and learn, learn more about, you know, life and further my education. So I had my, uh, my biological father who lived here in the United States. So, but, you know, I wasn't one of those really lucky ones that had a father that fought for them and, and, and was there for them. So I've always wanted to go to the U.S., you know, hopefully I'll get a chance to meet my father and, and further my education and, and, you know, and, and, and do better in life. So when I graduated high school, you know, I told my mom, I said, hey, you know, why, why don't you try to contact my father and see if I can, you know, go meet him in the States and try to see if I can study and further my education. Hmm. So that's how I got the interest to come to, to the United States. So uh, I'm curious, especially in light of uh, the fact that we're talking about fathers, uh, did, did, when you did find your father here in the U.S., did that go well? Do you all have a close relationship? or How, how, how well, is that relationship? You know, uh, I had a heartbroken situation because, you know, with all that, that hope and found out that, you know, he was not really involved with me like he should. And, uh, you know, I just happened to, you know, kind of, you know, had other family members that were here at the time. And, and I, you know, I kind of walked my way from there and got into college and walked my way until I, you know, went to, you know, got my master's degree in economics, finance and banking. Hmm. Okay. And uh, so now you've got seven children, obviously a father yourself, seven times over. And what, what, when did you write The Incredible Power of a Dad's Love and, and why so? Well, that's a, that's an excellent question, Dave, because uh, the incredible part of a dad's love came from my children 
you know, something had happened with the mom and, you know, it was not a situation where, you know, unfortunate situation. So the children had a choice of what they wanted to do. And, uh, you know, they pretty much said, you know, they can't live without their dad. And, you know, I remember crying so hard because I didn't know how much impact I had on my children. Mm. And um, so with that emotion, that's how I wrote the book. Knowing, knowing the power of a father in the life of a child is, 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 is incredibly powerful, more than beyond human understanding. It's something spiritual, to be honest with you. Yeah, and uh, so did you, did you end up raising these children as a, as a single father for at least the last uh, five or six years? Is that, is that the case? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And me being in a situation where I had a father that didn't show me that much love, I didn't care. I prayed and, and I asked God to give me the wisdom to not be that way. Yeah. And, and that's what he did. <laughs> mm. So what is the book about? Is it autobiographical or what is the content of the book? Well, the content of the book is, is actually general. It's just talking about, you know, from experience of, of, of my own life, and the life of people that I know that has had a father that's involved in their life, to know that, you know, being a, a father and involved in, a, in a, the, the life of a child is, is a very, very powerful and spiritual thing. It helps the child to grow up better emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, mentally. Um, and it's, and it's, it's just a little bit way, a little bit bigger. I know that the world always put the mom as, you know, the, the front head of everything, which, which that, that is fine. But if you realize that homes that the father is involved and, and involved in the life of the child from childhood to adulthood, those homes, those children always grow up to be a whole lot stronger in so many ways in their future and in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so fathers should never, ever play with the power that God has given them to play in the role of a child in this world. It's, it's way bigger than most, most of us as fathers know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. So what is it about fatherhood? I mean, you know, I, I always, it, it always saddens me a little bit when, we, when I talk about this because some, you know, mothers at no fault of their own, the, the father walked out or there was some divorce or they, they, they had no, you know, have to raise kids on their own and there isn't a father in the house. And that's a real pity. But what, what is it that the father adds or why is the father's role so critical uh, to a child's upbringing? Well, I mentioned a little bit about the emotional, psychological, and mental. But it's a little bit more than that. It's a whole lot more than that. You know, fathers, you know, if you get to a point where you have a great communication with your children, where you can talk to them and, and try not to be so tough on them, try to be their friend once in a while and make them be able to open up to you and tell you whatever is bothering them, whether the male or the female child. You'll be surprised, especially the, the girls really, 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 really miss their father and they like talking to their dad a lot. The little girls, they, they, mm-hmm. they, they always get attached to their dad. They talk to their dad. And if their dad is available and is able to talk to them, you know, if you want your daughter to be with somebody that you don't want them to be with, then you can't be that person because they're going to end up being with whoever that you are as a dad. So you talk to them a lot involved in their lives and and communication is big make sure you involve get involved in their life and let them feel free to tell you whatever they can tell you 
Yeah. If you look into the Indian culture, if you read the, the background of the Indian culture, most of the, 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 the parents are very, very involved with their children and they communicate a lot. And if you look at the divorce rate in the Indian culture, it's probably maybe less than 5%. Mm. So, so people are, take some things lightly, but they are big. Yeah, I want to. I want to highlight something you just said. I, I've I've heard the saying that girls marry their dad, so to speak. They obviously they don't literally marry their dad, but they marry oftentimes a guy who reminds them of their dad. But that that can be for good or for bad, can't it? Mm-hmm. It can be for both. So if you are if you are a dad and you want your daughter to marry a loser, when well, you be a loser? Mm-hmm. As simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, that's now. What what about um, you know? I know my experience. I had I have two daughters. They're both teenagers now. When they were young, it was so easy to be involved in their life because they're innocent and sweet and little and playful, and they want to be around dad. And then kids naturally start to pull away a little bit as they're teenagers. It's harder, you know. It's harder to be in their life. What's your advice for kind of? the consistency or maybe fathers like me who have teenage daughters? Great question, Dave. You built a foundation with them when they were young, little girls, right? Yeah. So you were there with them, you spoke to them and did everything you could. Then naturally they change as they, as they grow older, they become teenagers, don't they? Yes. They have changed, right? Like you said, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Okay. Now this, this, this change is, is very temporal. It's a temporal thing. Don't let that bother you. Don't stop loving them and don't stop talking to them and get closer to them even if you feel like they're not closer to you. Take them once in a while and take them to the shopping. Lift. Don't go with the mom. Go with me. Come on, let's go to shopping. Let's go shop. Stay the same way because that stage will change. And when that stage change, and guess what? They always go back and remember everything you've done for them. So it, it's all in the beginning. It all starts with the foundation. Mm. So I won't let no, not that bother any father. They're just going through a change at the time. You know, maybe boys talking to them, giving phone numbers and all. They have a phone and all. It's all part of the whole thing that happens. But it's a stage. Once they get to college and get to a certain level in life, guess what, though? The only person they still know is you. Yeah. So fighters should not still play with a role, even the change when the change happens. Just be consistent. Hmm. Yeah, great advice. Let, let's talk, okay, we talked about daughters. Let's talk about sons. A father's role in a son's life is, is very different. Obviously, they have the same, you know, sex and uh, much probably more in common uh, with each other. But uh, what, what is your advice for fathers raising sons? My advice for fathers raising sons is you have to think as a father that you were you were you were you were a child before too. You were you were a teenager. You were you were young before. You know how your life was at the time. A son is growing up looking at the father. You know, so most sons, you know, they usually get a little bit more closer to the mom for some for one reason or another. That's the way it is. Moms, some sons get a whole lot closer to their mother. But you know, you know, as a father in that home. In that, in the life of that 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 boy, that that your of your son, is very important because he's gonna face life. He's gonna meet other women. He's gonna meet people in life. He's gonna look at the way you treat the mom. All those things are all important. So if you want your son to become a great husband, then you need to treat her mom, the, the mom, very 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 nicely mm-hmm. yeah. in front of him. 
and yeah. the way you treat the mother and the way you treat the sisters is going to shape him to be a much better man and a much better husband and treat women better in the future. So don't 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 play as a fighter with the role that you everything you do your son is watching you is copying everything mm-hmm. everything yeah they're watching everything you're doing what they, how you handle yourself how you talk on the phone whatever you do is what they are going to become yeah my guest is Valentine Simo he is a local Catholic author and uh, has uh, he hails from Cameroon in West Africa. He's a parishioner at St. Matthew's Parish in Arlington and the father of seven children. He's written a book called The Incredible Power of a Dad's Love, and we're just uh, about a week or so away from Father's Day, so we will tell you at the end of this interview how you can get a copy of it and the price, and uh, really enjoying the conversation very much. Uh, Simo, I mean, uh, Valentine, the uh, you hear about the the, the father wound. Uh, a friend of mine did a whole movie on the father wound, which I thought was very well done. You've you know admitted that your own relationship with your father wasn't as good as you would hope it would be. Can you speak about the father wound and, and whether that's something that both boys and girls can experience? Well, to be I mean being a father. Father word? I, I didn't understand that part of the question. Oh, father wound, W-O-U-N-D. Like, have you ever heard that expression where a child has a wound because of a you know, bad relationship or influence of their father? Oh, wow, yes. Wait, so that's, that's, a great, that's a great one. That's a good question. You'll be, you, you, you'll be surprised how, many, how much scars is left in the heart of a child that was not involved. That, that that didn't have the, the, the involvement of the father in their life. There is, there is a scar that is there that it, it, it bleeds. And the fact is that it actually does bleed. Mm. Yeah. It takes a lot of prayer, a lot of time. It takes time. And the best way to heal from that wound is for you to turn the situation the other way around. So which means if your father wasn't there, like in my situation where, you know, completely abandoned me, like I wasn't important. And it kept a wound in my heart. But, you know, I prayed a lot through the years. And, you know, I was very blessed, though, that I had, I had uncles that really loved me. And they played, you know, kind of fit the, fit the role for, for the moment. But the best way for, to heal from that wound is to turn things around, which means you become a great father. Yeah. That's the, that's the best way to heal. That. But it's a wound, definitely a wound, if one of the parents are not there in the life of the child. Mm-hmm. It's just a sudden scar. You can't avoid that. Yes. So how do you stop that? It's by your next generation, by you being a much better dad to the other children that God has blessed you with. Yeah. Because he's going to bring children into your life and watch you see what you do. (laughs) Yes, amen. You mentioned prayer, and I'd like to talk about the spiritual aspect of fatherhood as a Catholic, you know, we, we want to raise our children and provide for them and meals and education and, you know, clothing, obviously. But then there's also, we want to lead them to Christ. We want to ultimately lead them to their, you know, final destination of heaven. What, what is your advice and what does your book have to say about this aspect of fatherhood? It's definitely our responsibility to lead our children to Christ. You, you've pretty much kind of failed as a father or a mother if you don't do that. And I, the reason why I use such strong, strong words is because life is tough. If you don't teach your children about the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, when they are little, how are you helping them to face the difficulties in life? By carrying a gun? Mm-hmm. 
So you you have to pray and teach your children how to pray and teach them, take them to church. You know, give them their, help them with their first communion as a Catholic, as a Catholic faith, of course, baptism, confirmation. Make sure you teach them the faith. You know, how you know, make sure they read the Bible. You know, just teach them the, the things that they need. Say the rosary, we are Catholic. Our Mother Mary is very powerful. The rosary is very, very powerful. Teach them how to say the rosary. Do your best to lead them to Jesus before they have to go face life on their own because life is difficult. And the best way to go through it is through the Prince of Peace, which is Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. Uh, Valentine Simo is my guest. We're down to our last five minutes or so, and his book is called The Incredible Power of a Dad's Love. And you can tell that he uh, has a lot of wisdom and a lot of life experience, having uh, raised seven children between right now, between the ages of 17 and nine. And um, uh, Valentine, tell us about getting the book, the price, the website. Well, how can people pick this up and can they get it in time for Father's Day? Yes, they actually can. Um, you know, they can go on my website. It's really, really easy. Valentine, easy name, Valentine N, like Nancy, which is my middle initial, Nicholas, ValentineNSemo.com. Valentine, like Valentine's Day, and then N, Nicholas, dot simo.com valentine com. okay you can actually read my book on ebook on kindle ebook for just 2.99 you can read all three books for just less than nine dollars there are actually other books that i wrote but the father's day book you can read for 2.99 cents you can read them online on your phone anywhere you are and can people get physical copies of the book also yes you can get a physical copy of the book it's just seven dollars and 99 cents for a hard copy and the copies are already pre-signed by me, so you have a copy that's already signed my name. You know, I've already put my initials on them. No, oh, very good. And I'm curious, you said that your master's degree was, I think you said finance or something business-related. How did you get into being a published author? Well, that's a really good question. Uh, the Holy Spirit did touch my heart. Um, I went to an Acts retreat in 2003, going to 2004. And, um, you know, I really wasn't close to my God like I should, but I went to an Ash retreat. I changed my entire life forever until this day. And uh, that, that retreat was what, what turned it around. The Lord touched my heart, and, and I, you know, I gave my life to Jesus you know, and, and helped me to become a much better father and a better human being. We all struggle every day. Mm. But I would urge any human being, a Catholic or anywhere you are, to try by all means and, and make, a, make a retreat. Go to a retreat. Take two, three days off you. I bet your life would never be the same. Yeah. And if I'm doing the math right, that was right before you had your first child, right? Because uh, my, my daughter was born in 2004, and she's 18 now. So did you have that right before you became a father? Right before I became a dad. 2005 yes yeah yeah interesting i i I have been on an axe retreat and i i I was touched by the axe retreat but i saw around me men who had been away from the faith for 20 or 30 years hadn't been to confession in a long time and i can see how powerful these kind of acts the same thing with curcio or the chirp retreats that you know christ renews his parish as well but acts yeah definitely i know firsthand is is a very powerful powerful uh, form of retreat Oh um, yeah, it is. any kind of retreat, any kind of retreat, just take time off out there and just attend a retreat and, and you, you will never be the same. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I actually retreat is my experience and, and it was, 
it was probably probably the best thing that ever happened in my entire life. Yeah. Valentine N Simo dot com. Valentine N is in Nancy Simo.com. And Valentine, as we close up, I just have a few minutes here. I'd like to just kind of bring in our Heavenly Father into the conversation because obviously the earthly father as you have mentioned, is never going to be perfect. We're, we're all sinful. We all make mistakes. We try to do the best we can. But ultimately, we're trying to be a as best possible reflection of that perfect Heavenly Father. Would you agree? That's the goal. That's what He wants for us. That's Amen. the goal. Yeah. Amen. And so that's the, that's the challenge. God wants us to try. He knows we're not perfect. But he wants us to try. That's why he gave us ten commandments. Try, try yeah. to be like me. Do what you can, and, and and I'll hold your hand till the end. And also, of course, a reliance on his grace uh, to get us through. And so, uh, the incredible power of a dad's love. Get it for your dad. Get it for yourself. You know, if you're a young man out there, maybe you're not a dad yet. I think this would be a perfect time to read this book. Excellent. And uh, I know there's probably a lot of people out there that need to forgive their father for this or that, whether he's asked for the forgiveness or not. But I, I think just the whole topic of fatherhood, I think, stirs up a lot of emotions in people positively and sometimes negatively as well. And that's why I think this is an, a very important book. Uh, Seven ninety nine for a physical copy. I think you said what was it? Three ninety nine for the um, no, two dollars and ninety nine cents. They can read it on on, on Kindle uh, Kindle ebook. Okay, how many pages is it? Uh, about one hundred and fifty five pages. It's not a big book. Okay. Okay. All right, Valentine. Well, thank but you so packed, much. The book, the book is packed with a lot of power, and every dad out there should get it because you 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 make you feel a million times better of your duty as a father on earth. It's yeah, a great book. Amen. All right. Well, thanks so much, Valentine. Good talking with you again. Thank you for being in touch. And I appreciate people like Valentine who reach out to me when they have an idea for this program, because like I always say, if it's local and Catholic, I want to talk about it. And so if you have a suggestion for a future interview, anything that has to do with the Catholic faith, and especially if you're a local person, uh, email me, davepalmer at grnonline.com, davepalmer at grnonline.com. And don't forget, Father's Day is only eight days away as of the airing of this broadcast. And so get a copy of The Incredible Power of a Dad's Love, valentinencimo.com, valentinen, as in Nancy simo.com and uh, valentine thank you very much it's a pleasure talking with you again thank you dave may god bless us all in jesus name amen thank you so much also thank you to Diane xavier for running the board and and just uh a thank you to all the fathers out there and also to the mothers who make fatherhood easier for us and for the sacrifice that you make as well we celebrated you of course last month and now it's time to celebrate dad with valentine's <laughs> not valentine's day father's day with uh, valentine's book the incredible power of a dad's love all right god bless everybody have a great rest of your weekend and thank you for listening to the kth 9 10 a.m interview of the week Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at this same time for another KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week.
The GRN welcomes our new sponsor, Camp Subiaco. Camp Subiaco is a summer camp for boys ages 9 to 13. The week is busy with go-karts, zip lines, campouts, canoeing, shotguns, 22, swimming, and boating. Camp Subiaco is all boy. Imagine spending a week at Subiaco Abbey in Arkansas, jumping off a cliff at Hidden Pool, canoeing on Third Lake, spending the night under the stars at the old monastery site. Give your son the gift of Camp Subiaco. Sign up now at campsubiaco.org. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly, co-host of The Spirit World. On Saturday, we'll be discussing the degrees of demonic activity. Feel free to call. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network, Catholic radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.